Hello, this is uh, Bishop Christopher Mukwavi, Senior Pastor at Living Hope Church, Pentecost Assemblies of God, Zambia. I want to welcome you to this uh, podcast as uh, you listen to this message. Our goal here is to preach a holistic message that will bring total transformation to our lives. God bless you as you listen to the message. Said to them, I saw certain fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. Father, we thank you indeed that our names are written in the book of eternal life. As we submit ourselves to the reading of this scripture and the preaching of it, we pray that you may transform our lives and grant unto me prophetic utterance to speak your word faithfully as I should in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you very much. You may take your seats. The context of this passage of scripture is that Christ sent 12 disciples first uh, in, in chapter 9 to go and preach the gospel, representative of the 12 tribes of Israel. So he, he sent them to the 12 tribes of Israel. And then later on, he sent 70 or 72 others. Now that is to the nations. And 70 or 72 is a representative of Genesis chapter chapter 11. You know, the Tower of Babel, when people get... Uh, distributed across the world into different tribes, different languages. And at the time, uh, it was believed there were 70 or 72 nations. So when he separates the 70 or 72, his vision is for the nations. Now, in the very, very first sermon uh, of the vision, uh, or rather the theme focus for this year, we learned that God has called us into harvest and we are living in difficult times, very difficult times, perilous times to Timothy chapter 3 verse 1. And we see that the enemy has been harvesting where he did not sow, including uh, a tool of COVID which he has used to, to, to harvest from people. So we learned in this sermon that God wants us to know we have the honor to be co-workers with him in the harvest field. And responding to the call to work with God in his harvest field will be fruitful when we work according to established principles, which we learned, number one, the significance of pairing in ministry. He sent them two by two. Remember, I have exhorted you that this year, find a friend you are going to be accountable to, a friend you are going to partner with, pray with, and do ministry together. Number two, that there's the opportunity of the ready harvest. The harvest can go to waste if you don't do it quickly. So we need to work quickly. And then the honor of partnering, partnering with God through prayer. God wants to move into this harvest when we engage him in prayer. Because the earth is ours. Heaven belongs to him. The earth is ours and the authority is ours. We only gave away the authority to the devil. So we need to entreat God into our sphere 
so that he can move uh, into uh, into the sphere and we harvest people uh, into the kingdom of God. Secondly, we also learned uh, in the in the second sermon that God's promised presence in the harvest field is um, it is guaranteed. He is the owner of the field and he has promised to go with us in the field. So we need not worry. We need not worry. So we need to know that believers who live in obedience to God's command will be assured of his presence. Remember the four P's that I talked about. Okay? I talked about presence, protection, uh, uh, and promise. I also talked about provisions. So when the presence of God goes before us, we will benefit from his threefold promise, uh, rather, which is uh, the promise of protection, the promise of provisions, and the promise of power. Now, today, I want to spend some moments to preach to us on the theme, experiencing ultimate joy in the harvest field, part one. So, part two is coming. So, these 72 were sent to go and harvest, to go and preach the gospel. And as they were sent, the Bible says, they came back with joy. And what was the uh, driver of their joy? Demons were subject to them. So just like Jesus, they also pointed the fingers at the demons, come out, and the demons came out. The demons that had direct havoc in their lives, they were now under their feet. So they were really pumped up. They were excited that this could happen in their lives. They were excited. I'm sure some of them even healed the sick or raised the dead. So they were extremely excited. Wouldn't you be excited if a thing like that happened? Wouldn't you be joyful? Yes, you'd be very joyful. You're preaching the gospel and people are giving themselves to the Lord in mass. You're preaching the gospel down Cairo Road, a mad person, mad because of demonic oppression right there. Demons manifest. You begin to cast them out. Wouldn't you, you, you be joyful? I have a friend who since gone to be with the Lord. Uh, his name is Bishop uh, Matthews Chikwanda. He would walk the streets of Ndola. Any demon-possessed person would manifest just when he walked nearby. In fact, even the dogs would run away from him. I'm telling you the truth. You know, the man would uh, lock himself in the bedroom. I lived with him uh, just before I married. And before he married, too, I lived with him, so I, I knew his life. When it was close to preaching on Sunday, he locks himself in the bedroom. For four days, he never came out. When he came out, it is short. Oh, don't you rejoice? Now, the things that make us happy may not necessarily bring us joy. There are many things that make us happy in life, but they are not necessarily sources of joy. Joy is different. Joy is deep. Joy is rich. Joy is permanent. Joy is a state of certainty and assurance of, uh, uh, of not just now, but of a certain tomorrow 
and the years to come, you already have it with you, and that can only be found in God. So true and ultimate joy is found in God and no other person and no other activity. Not even money can give you joy. In fact, for many people, it has given them misery. There will be definite times of success. As we drive out demons and Satan and set people free, we will certainly feel, you know, successful. As these 70 or 72 disciples felt, and they come to give a report to Jesus. You remember when we have gone into the mission field, some of you that, uh, uh, for example, uh, apart from here, you've come with us out to Mbala, Nsokolo village there, and other many other churches in Mbala there. You know when we come together to share, how did it go? And people were testifying. Where's Yata? Can I see your hands? Yata, is he outside? <laughs> One time, Yata came shaking. <laughs> Bishop, if I cast out demons. I cast out the demons. So he was surprised of himself as they came to report. Now, as they report, Christ begins to speak to them, reassure them, says, oh yes, I ensured that your ministry was successful because I saw certain drop from authority and power in heaven. He dropped like lightning. Some of us, we try to compare the devil with Christ um, you know, equally. They are not equal. Where Christ stands, the devil cannot stand. Where Christ speaks, the devil, not only will he be quiet, he will run away. I want you to not underestimate the power that you have in Christ Jesus. So Christ is saying, as you went into the mission, I saw Christ, I saw the devil falling, dropping from heaven like lightning. The devil will not even waste time to argue with you when you go in the authority of the name of Christ. As a matter of fact, even proud to the creation of the world, when Satan fell from, from grace, Christ was there and he saw the Father held him out. So in the mission of God, of bringing the harvest into the kingdom of God, the Bible says the devil, the devil will fall. No matter how strong he is, he will be broken. His backbone will be broken and he will let go of God's people. He will let go. He has no choice but to let go of God's people. So, dear friends, this is assured. It is assured. Satan has fallen from the authority of power and uh, dominion. Now, overcoming serpents and scorpions, representative of the most lethal poison of the enemy, representative of the most evil demons, is also not the source of ultimate joy. It's not the source of ultimate joy. It is good that you cast out demons. It is well that you cast out demons. Now in verse 19a, he says of Luke chapter 10, Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions 
We have that authority. It is a given. It is guaranteed. You don't need to fear. No matter how strong a demon is, just using the name of Christ, it is over, it is done. Nobody will overcome you. I did mention uh, to us, I think yesterday in the prayer session and a bit in the first service, that because of the prayers going on right now, in our neighborhood, right in our, you know, this, the street next, the other side of our neighborhood, there was a crash landing of a, a spiritist pilot. Right in front of a person we know who even comes to this church and the younger sister is a member. She just saw a figure dropping from heaven. Pah! And here is a woman. Sorry? I don't know where she fell from. From the atmosphere. <laughs> Wearing some kind of chibombasa. Ichakale. And uh, so that happened. So that happened there. Just like that. Now, I want you to know that the spiritual world is as real as the physical world you can see. I want you to know that. Sometimes we just, <laughs> we just carry on with life as if there is no other life beyond what we can see. There are activities in the atmosphere going on. But he who stands in the name of the Lord, he who does the will of the Lord cannot be shaken, cannot be afraid. Hallelujah. I know there's, I won't mention the family. When they had this one member of the family, say, no, I won't sleep alone. I won't sleep alone. So there's no need to fear. The, a story is told of one of the old revivalists. I don't know if it was Leonard Ravenhill. One of those revivalists, one time as he slept, he, had, he felt a heavy presence in the room. And then he woke up and then God allowed him to see it was the devil in the room. And he said, ah, so it is you. So he even covered himself and he continued to sleep. I listen to me. So that's the state of peace you need to arrive at in the relationship with Christ under the power of God. You don't need to fear anything. So even that is not the source of joy. And in verse 19b, he says, I've given you power, I've given, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. Can you imagine when somebody comes and means to destroy you, and they give you lethal poison to drink without knowing, and then you don't die, and you come and discover later. It says, even that is not the source of joy. It is good, you are happy, you are, you've been protected, even that cannot give you ultimate joy. What then gives us ultimate joy? In verse 20 he says, nevertheless, do not rejoice in this that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Here's the question. Can it be possible that our names may not be written in the book of life. 
Can it be possible that your name may not be found in the book of life? And when I began to think about this verse, it made me sober in my Christian life and in my ministry. And leading me to a point where in Revelation 22 verse 19, I began to think about taking seriously guarding my relationship with God. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God will take away his share in the tree of life and in the holy city which are described in this book. Our God is not only a loving God, is not only a merciful God, is also a consuming fire. We cannot take our relationship with God lightly or take it for granted. What am I saying here? God wants us to prioritize our right standing with him. Make it priority that your standing with God is certain. And the participation in God's harvest field will be a joyful experience when we examine. Somebody say examine. Now this examination is by ourselves. Examine our personal standing with God. And I call all of us this morning to examine our personal standing with God. Are our names written in the book of life? You can do ministry quite all right. You can do a lot of good things. But is your name written in the book of life? So in our examination, number one, examine your motives. Examine your motives as a believer. Examine your motives even with, with whatever you do. Our brother just talked about giving our first fruits. What will be your motive in giving the first fruit? What will be your motive in giving your tithe? What will be your motive in giving your offering? Are you going to say, because I give the most money in church, they need to hear my opinion? What will be your motive? What will be your motive even for not giving? What will be your motive? Examine your motive. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 22 to 23, Christ is uh, uh, speaking to his followers. On that day, men will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? Verse 23. And then I will, I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Is it possible that even the most flamboyant prophets, ministers, and evangelists may not be written in the book of life? It is possible. It is possible. So it brings us to the moment of... Uh, of reverence and the sense of awe before God to know that outward success and results in ministry do not determine our relationship with God. Our relationship with God is determined from a different source altogether. If from the depth of your heart before God. 
I was reading a post by my friend, uh, Pastor Kasirivu, on the platform that I share with the East African um, apostolic leadership there, uh, where Ben Hill tells the story of his struggle, spiritual struggle, private spiritual struggle, when he separated with a wife, ending into, I think, divorce or something. But we see the anointing in the ministry never ceased. Did it? No, it never ceased. And he says, he discovered there are two anointings. There is a ministry anointing in the field. There is also an internal anointing that confirms, affirms, matures your relationship with God. When that is messed up with, I think at the end of life, there is a serious reckoning that your name can be erased from the book of life. No matter what you did and how many things you need. It's a sobering experience. This does not take away from the security that God wants us to feel in our relationship with him. He wants us to feel we are secured with him, you know, that he will never, he will never leave us nor forsake us. But you are an entity. You are an individual. You make decisions. You need to be accountable for the decisions that you make in life. So we should all strive to know Christ deeply by examining ourselves. 2 Corinthians 13 verse 5. The Bible says, examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Or do you not realize this about yourselves? That Jesus Christ is in you? Unless indeed you fail to meet the test. This test should be prepared by yourself. This examination should be prepared by yourself. The questions must be prepared by yourself and myself. We examine ourselves. Are we standing in the faith? How's, how is your personal life? How is your personal life? Now, for the benefit, I can see there should be a couple or a number of other people here that may not uh, uh, understand what I'm saying. I will interpret a little bit of this in vernacular. There's a Shifuma kukwampana champa monalesa ukufuma mumitima yesu. Ukuwa uwai pela kuri kristu no mufuma chiumi. Takuri nefya kufisayo. And I know you haven't even understood that, Bemba. God help you. Kashesha lenga. Kutila ifwe. Tukwatepo. Examine yourself and your motives. And the Bible says, as, as the Apostle Paul is speaking and is thinking through and writing to, 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 to the churches that he has planted, 
and he's warning them of people that have ill motives. Some of them are literally preaching Christ to outdo Paul. They are preaching Christ because they are envious of the fruit that is in Paul. Some people, that's how they would even start a church. They start a church, said, even us will be big. We'll be bigger than them. You will see. Just watch. In Philippians 1 verse 15, he says, Some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. So it is possible that some people that preach Christ, as long as they preach from rivalry and they attain great results and great fruit, that they may end up not being written in the book of life. Number two, focus on fulfilling God's will. Focus on fulfilling God's will. Matthew chapter 7 verse 21, here is the key. Christ says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Have you discovered the will of God? Have you discovered what it is that God has uh, ascertained you should do? Have you discovered your assignment? You need to discover that assignment that God has purposed for you and that is God's will for you and be faithful to that assignment. And he who is faithful to the assignment that God has given him or her is the one who is going to be written in the book of life. Is the one who is going to attend to the resurrection of the dead. Is the one who is going to enter into the bosom of the father. We cannot earn spiritual salvation by our own works and efforts. It's purely by the grace of God. So we need to discover the will of God in, within the grace of God. In Ephesians 2 verse 8 to 9, the Bible says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. Verse 10, verse 9, not a result of works so that no one may boast. If it was by merit, on the merit of what you do, then the most generous people in this world certainly they will sit at the right hand of God like Bill Gates. Not at all. It's not by works. It is not by works. It's not even by your appearance. It's not even by your status. It is the grace of God. So let us seek for and do God's will. Romans 12 verse 2, the Bible says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So testing should continue. You need to continue testing yourself, examining yourselves until you discover the will of God for your life. Do not be lost in the uh, 
in the trappings of this world. Don't be lost in the trappings of this world. Ichalo, chaba kwa tilifupa, wafialwa, watampo kolokota, wakolokota, wakolokota, ameno yobe apona. You are gathered to your ancestors of mana bobambi na bobakonkapo. Kanshiwe, ulingele wafwa, walole shanumba pabufao wakware sa padiwe. Bufayo nshile sa apingula padiwe. Iwo ulingele wachitefele sa aku Amen. God's will is fulfilled by demonstrating true faith and the devotion to Christ. Kanch to ringretu akwata ukuchetekela ukwa kwaf maluka. Malufa ichipe mbachaifi. Ukwa mfumafumi, mfumachumi ngana muenge. Mrs. Mtetu, are you bemba? The other, you are Bemba, is it? Ekuti lashani, if you mufumachu minangana muenge. And your other name is Mulenga, actually. You can fail to, from Kasama. Oh, God help us. So, you need to come out fully, unreservedly, with nothing to hide. You know, there are many things that we struggle with deeply in our hearts. Issues of deep sin in our lives. You can carry on doing the things you do. You can even usher. You can sing here. And yet, you've been involved in sexual immorality. You've been involved in drunkenness. You've been involved in this and this. And nobody else knows. You can even pray in tongues. You can even prophesy. And people can even be slain. But only you know deep in your heart. So you need to come out fully. That's why I said, this year, find a confidence. Find somebody to walk with in your life so that you can be strengthened in your life. God's will requires that we get rid of our sin and repent from it. We get rid of our sin and repent from it totally. Number three, lastly, prioritize your love for God. Make your love for God a priority. Revelation chapter 2, verse 1 to 5. Here's the revelation that John receives on the island of Patmos, and Christ is speaking to him. And this is for the churches, the message for the churches. Now to the church, to the angel of the church in Ephesus, right? The words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks among the seven um, golden lampstands. I know your works, your toil, and your patient endurance, and how you cannot bear with those who are evil, but have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not, and found them to be false. I know you are in, you are enduring patiently and bearing up for my name's sake, and you have not grown weary. So can't a person like this be joyful? Can't this be a source of joy? Christ says, but I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love you had at first. In his exhortation, Brother Chela Sruambao saying that, he remembers, <laughs> and as I listened to him saying that, he remembers every month 
We are having overnight prayer meetings. They last Friday of every month. We were praying here and they would be here, him and the wife. Once in a while, the children as well, and they would be here. They would leave whatever they were doing. They would be here. We would brave it from 20 hours to 05, 06 hours. That's when they are driving out to go. Your first love, Living Hope Church. God has this against you. Don't even blame COVID. Because where COVID is, you say, he never let me pay a fee. We shall not remember that we can't go to the paper. Kuti mafuala, firafi never let fuala kumiona ngaba le fuaya. Vai sa paper. So don't blame COVID. Some of the things, the devil says, ah, mayo, he never let me pay a fee. If you firafi, we never firia. He never should be getting a mo. Najia pitafem paper na chitaso. I listen to. Don't even blame the devil. Don't blame anybody. The relationship with God is more critical, dear friends. We must guard our relationship with God jealously. Your first love can cost you a very serious time of reckoning with God. Where is your first love? The way you are praying today, is it the way you were praying when you came to know Christ or when Christ knew you? The way you are sacrificing your life today in ministry and all other aspects of service, is this the same way? Are you the same person before God who was five years ago, 20 years ago? Remember the first love. Make your love for God a priority. Sincere love for Christ must be evident in our personal priorities. In 2 Corinthians 11 verse 3, the Bible says, But I'm afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere and a pure devotion to Christ. So we need to be devoted to Christ with utter sincerity with purity of heart to be avai pela kuri kristu umuntu onse fie the whole lot of you give yourself to Christ in Philippians 3 verse 10 to 11 the apostle Paul says we need to strive to know Christ that I may know him and the power of, of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death Verse 11, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead, we must always be on our spiritual feet, passionately loving God. Passionately loving God. I don't know if you are hearing me or you are just quiet. I am not sure. Are you with me? Are you in this church? Praise God. Okay, can I continue? We stand the danger of being found wanting when our love grows cold. That's what Revelation 2 verse 5 says. We stand the danger of being found wanting. Remember therefore from where you have fallen. Repent and do the works you did at first. If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. Let me end this message uh, by saying that 
It is expected. I'm not saying we don't go out in the field to bring in the harvest. It is expected that we shall go. It is expected that we will drive out demons from people's lives. It is expected that we will heal the sick. It is expected that we will raise the dead. It is expected. It is expected. Ministry success is not dependent on the results we achieve, but faithfulness towards God. Let's be faithful to God. So let us deepen our relationship with God and depart from all evil. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse, 2, verse 22 and as I uh, conclude with this passage of scripture, I invite the, the choir and the musicians and just to quickly run to the stage. In fact, you know already you should have been walking there. Uh, maybe in future I'll just be making you sit there, not go anywhere. Okay. Um, musicians. Have you lost your first love? Somebody bring them. Okay. So in 1 Thessalonians, Thessalonians 5 verse 22, abstain from every form of evil. Abstain from every form of evil. Okay? I know that uh, this is just for musicians. They may think like, oh, we had the sermon uh, in the first service. So, how many of you have heard that 30% of things I've said are new? So, don't take the second service for granted. 30% I have said are new things, totally new things. So the Holy Spirit uh, speaks. So uh, I encourage you, musicians, please don't go out and uh, say, okay, I'll hear the sermon from the trees. No, just stay in here. God is not finished with you. So we need to abstain from all manner of evil. So we need to come before God. We need to examine ourselves before God. Are we standing uh, with God? So we need to look at ourselves and examine our motives. We need to focus on fulfilling God's will. We need to prioritize our love for God. I don't know if you are like me. Sometimes I do not love God the way I did before. So I come before God and ask him to forgive me, to renew me afresh. There are times when, when I meet a person for the first time, I cannot talk to them for two minutes without sharing the gospel. But I also know that there are times when I talk to people for 30 minutes without sharing the gospel. And that is not my first love. So we all need to come before God and be renewed. The height from where we have fallen, all of us we know individually in our prayer lives, in our study of scripture, just in our love for fellowship. You are a person that ran to a prayer meeting, but where are you today? You are a person that ran to a Bible study, but where are you today? Where are you today? 
I know you have spoken to yourself, I will attend virtually, but in that seat, you are, you are just yawning. Or you, are, you often go, you make a cup of coffee and you come back, you sit. <laughs> you receive another phone call, you receive visitors, you go to attend to them. Oh, okay, in the church, where is your first love? Let's stand to our feet together as we present ourselves in personal examination before God and through the song of Keith Green, Creating Me a Clean Heart. Let make that your own confession before God. And lay your heart bare before God. And, uh, and if you are there, you're saying, I've lost my first love. I need to return to my first love for God, my first love for ministry. As we begin to pray and sing, I just want you to begin walking to the altar here where we are going to pray together. Don't even resist. You feel it in your heart already. Coming to the altar is a major step that you take against the pull factor that is in your life. So just feel free to begin walking right now as the presence of God is here and he wants to minister to you so that you can renew your first love for God. Thank you, Jesus. My prize, this message really encouraged you. It is my hope that you look forward to listening to the next message. God bless you.